You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. And today I am broadcasting from almost springtime, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm so grateful that you've joined me from all over the world. I'm really excited. I know that really it is the spirit that has really attracted you here uh, so that you can receive answers to your prayers, the insight and the revelation that you need. I always say all it takes is one word from God, one insight, one idea to radically shift and change your life. Well, I hope that you are having a great day or you're making a decision to have a great day. You know, every day we wake up, we have a choice, don't we? Uh, You know, the Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. So that means that we're not going to let our circumstances rule and reign in our lives. We realize that we are powerful creators and we are going to choose. Well, I am doing well here in the ATL. Hey, that sounds like a rhyme or something. I am doing well here in the ATL. I don't know where that came from, but I just felt like playing a little bit. Well, um, I have a great show for you today. I have the one and only Dr. Joe Vitale. We just love Dr. Vitale. Of course, we remember him from The Secret and so many other movies and uh This man has written 80 books. Can you believe that? But he has a new book, Money Loves Speed. Can't wait to hear what he has to say about that. And he is in the upcoming movie that's about to be released in April, which is How Thoughts Become Things. I think Bob Proctor and and some of the other people who were in The Secret are in that movie. So we can't wait to hear what he has to say. So let's go ahead and get started. Remember, I have over 550 archive shows. And when you go to my show page on the Law of Attraction Radio Network, you click on my beautiful picture. At least I think so. Uh, There are so many ways that you can listen to me. iTunes, iHeart, Blog Talk, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. So however you listen to me, I just want you to make sure that you're listening. And uh, thank you so much for that. Make sure you share the show. I've received an email from somebody that says, I've told all of my coworkers about you. I said, great. Uh, And so make sure you share this show with them your family, your co-workers, your friends. And if you're listening to this show on your mobile device, I want you to take a screenshot of it and then put it on Instagram and tag me at LOA Constance and also add the hashtag Think Believe Manifest. All my millennials, I know y'all got that. So I'm going to be looking for you uh, for your uh, post 
uh, next week after you listen to this show. Let's see, what else do I want to talk about? I want to talk about my coaching. There are many ways that you can work with me. Uh, It all depends on what your intentions and your goals are. You guys have heard all of my clients. I coach on five continents. If you haven't, go to my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com and click on coaching and then testimonies and listen to some of my clients. I would say uh, half of my clients are international, other half domestic, same thing, male, female. So I coach in all areas, business, relationships, developing, creating a new life, healing your inner hurts, uh, how to use the law of attraction, you name it. So there are many ways that you can work with me, VIP coaching. That's where you fly in one day, spend the entire day with me, and we really come up with a customized plan for you. If you are, we know the coronavirus is going on right now. So, you know, if you want to Skype or Zoom, we can make it happen that way. And I have a six-month and a 12-month coaching package. And all of you know that I always counsel you before I coach you. Because if I were to coach you on top of your stuff, your unresolved stuff, your limiting beliefs, uh, all of that, um, what, what can I say, all of the past that you are holding on to, you know, you would just self-sabotage our plans. So you're getting a counselor and a coach, two for the price of one. So if you are serious about working with me and you want to do a discovery call, what's a discovery call? It's where we chat. We'll do a 15-minute chat. You'll tell me, you know, this is what I want. We'll talk about what that would look like. We'll see if you vibe with me. You already know if you vibe with me. I'm real strategic. Uh, I, I love being, you know, dealing with the the past and all of that, but I'm real strategic once I get into coaching. So if you're serious and you're ready for a change, email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. While you're on my website, I want to thank you in advance uh, for your gift and donations. What you're doing is you're really helping me. You're paying it forward for somebody else. And uh, I know Dr. Joe is going to talk about money today. I don't know what he's going to say, but one of the quickest ways to get more money to you is to give in somebody else's life. Pay it forward. They call it the law of circulation. And I'm thanking you in advance for that. Um, I bring you first class quality shows every week. Uh, Some people tie to me and I receive it honorably because they say that I am feeding their souls. So if that's you, fulfillingyourpurpose.com. I'm thanking you in advance. You can use my PayPal or my cash app, which is dollar sign Constance Arnold. Okay. I want to see if I have time to answer this question. So I had a male listener who emailed me and he said, Constance, you mentioned a lot about being a co-creator with God and move and inviting spirit into your intention or your desires. What do you mean by that statement and what would it look like in my life? And then he put in parentheses, I know you always ask that question to anyone who you're interviewing, what would it look like? So the question is, 
how can we really be intentional about how whatever we are desiring or co-creating that we inviting God or spirit into our attention. So let me just make a couple of statements. You know, I believe that any intention or desire that you have is really birthed by the spirit that God gives you that desire on the inside. He may say, I want you to begin to help young girls or I want you to design a program for disadvantaged youth or I want you to teach people how to communicate better. So you see that desire is really birthed in you by the spirit. It may be in you. Maybe you have gifts and talents in that area that were deposited in your life early. And so that desire is in you. And so you are body, soul, and spirit. Remember that. So any intention that you're working on, you have to incorporate or remember or acknowledge or recognize the spirit. I love it what Dr. Wayne Dyer used to say. The greatest untruth that we've been told is that we're separate from God. You know, I I love that. Think about that. And so if you are one with God, if you are not separate from God, how can God be separate from your desires or intentions? They're all intermingled together. Does everybody see that? And so it simply means that you tap into the unlimited power that's on the inside of you. For example, let me use weight loss. Um, you know, maybe you said, I want to lose 50 pounds. And then you you design your plan. You, you create an exercise program and you start it. I commend you for the outside actions. But you need to tap into and remember and recognize that it is the empowering presence and power because you need the power to walk that out. That's going to help you manifest your intention. I know many times I've been so independent just on my own on certain projects and just have forgotten. I don't know how I forgot about it, but it was a struggle. It was too much effort. And I realized that I had On a daily basis, I had not been inviting God in by recognizing, asking for the spirit to really empower me and acknowledging that I had all of the wisdom. I had God on the inside of me. Just imagine that. And so I personally believe this just Constance one on one that there's too much outside action trying to make stuff happen without their inner awareness of who's on the inside of you. One of my clients sent me this and I just love it. It said alignment is the new hustle. You know, everybody says you got to grind and hustle. All of that's outside, but aligning with God is on the inside of me. Wisdom is on the inside of me. Knowledge uh, and power is on the inside of me for me to fully uh, manifest this desire and intention. So does everybody see that? And so you acknowledge that you acknowledge that all the wisdom that I need, all of the solutions that I need, all of the processes that I need, all of the power that I need, all of the revelation that I need, all of the resources that I need 
are in on the inside of me. I'm one with all of that wisdom. How can I tap into that and invite the spirit into my intentions and desires? And so I believe that you tap into it by quietness, by your hour power. Here I go again, by silence, by prayer, And by experiencing and recognizing that you are not separate from God, you are not separate from the power of God, you're not separate from the love of God. And so what you need to recognize is that empowering presence, power and wisdom on the inside of you that is just waiting for you to acknowledge and invite it in to your desires and your intentions. You know, anytime I practice that principle, whatever I'm working on seemingly is a lot easier. It's 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 just so much easier for me when I remember I'm not separate from God, I'm one with all of the wisdom, all of the knowledge, all of the how-tos, all of the what should my next step be, all of the power, all of the presence is on the inside of me. That's so good. I'm going to make sure that I practice that myself. So that, my uh, dear listener, is the answer to your question when you said, how do you um, become aware that you're co-creating with God? And how do you invite God into your intentions and desires? So I just shared with you how you can begin to walk that out every day. When you get up, remember you're one with all of the power, all of the love, all of the wisdom, all of the favor. Whatever you need is there on the inside of you and you just have to acknowledge it. Okay, everybody, uh, let's go to these quick commercials. And I just can't wait to uh, talk to Dr. Joe Vitale because I know he's going to really share with us life changing information. So everybody stay tuned. Do you have an upcoming event where you need a dynamic speaker? Constance Arnold is a sought-after keynote speaker that will enlighten the entire audience with proven strategies that are aligned with your organization's vision and mission. An experienced speaker for major Fortune 500 companies, Constance has entertained audiences with inspiring change. Constance would love to make your next event an extraordinary success. Contact her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. For the past 30 years, Constance Arnold has coached clients globally in the areas of relationships, wealth, and career. Her vast clinical background gives her extraordinary understanding of human behavior to accelerate manifestation. Every coaching client receives proven action plans to create change from the inside out. Constance will be right by your side. Talk to her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. Well, everybody, I'm back and I'm with the one and only Dr. Joe Vitale. Uh, You guys know him, but let me give him a proper introduction. He's a new thought and spiritual leader globally. 
He's the author of 80 plus books, 15 music albums. And we really got to know Dr. Joe in the movie, The Secret. And since then, of course, we know he has appeared in other movies. However, uh, he's going to be featured in a new upcoming movie, How Thoughts Become Things. I can't wait to see that. And today also, he's going to be sharing from his book, Money Loves Speed, From Stress to Success. And I said to him before I actually hit record that we all just love him. He has given us powerful information over the decades. He's relatable. Uh, he can, it's like he can touch our hearts. Uh, we know that he came from homelessness, poverty, and difficult times to where he is today, which is fame, wealth, riches. You know, he's a superstar. We all love him. So Dr. Joe Vitale, welcome back to the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. Are you kidding? I've been excited <laughs> to come back. I'm flattered and I'm honored. Thank you for the invitation, Constance. You're doing great work. Thank you. So let's just roll with it. Uh, let me just ask, how do you stay so grounded after all of your success, uh, all of your fame? Everybody knows you. And I said to you prior to the recording, you always seem excited and still passionate about your work. Well, that's a great question, but I'm going to be honest with you and, and very transparent. Okay. Last year, 2019, was the worst year of my entire life. Mm. Death, divorce, destruction, disease, heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. And all it takes is for life to throw you a wrench, a curveball, and a bit of an earthquake to humble you. So it's real easy to stay humble when you realize, you know, life is short. Anything you have right now could be taken away. You better be grateful. You better be present. You better be humble. And that's my reminder for everybody, including myself. Yeah. How did you make it through uh, 2019? That's a wonderful question. You know, it was incredibly difficult. I would say what got me through is looking at one day at a time, focusing on anything I can find to be grateful for, mm. and always looking forward, not looking backward. That's those, profound. Those three things, being in the moment, when we get out of the moment, we start thinking about the past or dreaming about the future. When we leave gratitude, we take everything for granted, which is a terrible shame. And when we start to create the future, we have forward momentum and we have more optimism because now we're not thinking about destruction. Now we're thinking about creation. So at least those three things. I also had lots of support. I'm not afraid to raise my hand and say, look, I need counseling or I need friendship support or mentorship. I don't think any of us are supposed to go through life alone. We should ask for help when we need it. We should give it when we see somebody needs it. And all of that is what's keeping me going. Wow. Thank you for your honesty and vulnerability. That's why we love you. You're just real and raw. Uh, that's it. That's it. So let's uh, talk about your latest book, which I've read, Money mm. Loves Speed from Stress to Success. And what does money love speed mean? What does that mantra mean? Yeah, I'm proud of this book. Money Loves Speed is one of the eight laws of money. And I talk about all eight laws in the book. There's a couple of reasons that that is a law. One is the universe gives us ideas as a gift. 
We don't ask for them. We don't pay for them. We don't do anything. They just descend on us by grace. But when an idea comes to you or to me, it usually comes to five or six to a dozen other people at the same time. We don't usually realize it. We don't usually think about it. But the universe, in a way, is hedging its bet. It knows that most people will talk themselves out of their ideas. Most people will second guess themselves. Most people will be critical of themselves and they won't take action. What I've learned is when you get an idea, jump on it because the first person to get it to market is the first person who will profit. Money, love, speed means when you receive an idea, take action on it as close to immediately as possible. And the other reason that money loves speed is, and this is one of my secrets to productivity, is when you receive an idea, anybody receives an idea, there's a sense of excitement. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a thunderbolt. You know, you get hit right. by lightning and you're suddenly excited and you're full of energy and you go, oh, wow, that's a great idea. Most people might write the idea down and say they'll get to it later. And if they do get to it later, that initial energy rush is gone. Now it's just a good idea, but the excitement is gone. What I've learned to do is take action as soon as possible because I can use the energy that came with the idea to finish the idea and bring it into being. This is how I've written 80 books, how I've recorded 15 albums. Money loves speed. Idea comes, act, act fast because the universe will bless you. By doing so. So what if somebody says, you know, I got listeners globally and some may be in Africa and they may say, well, that's a great idea, but I don't have the money. Yeah, that's you know, you don't need money. Okay. That is the big, big, big excuse that people come up with. I wrote another book called The Awakened Millionaire. And in it, I said, look, you don't need money. You need creativity. You need to have the the inner courage to take action and find a way to get something done even when there isn't money there. Money ends up being an excuse. There are too many stories of people who raised money when they had nothing. They used Kickstarter campaigns or other crowdfunding sources. They tapped out their credit cards. They asked for loans or begged or or did any number of things to raise awareness for whatever the idea was. I think that's one of the big stumbling blocks, thinking I must have money. In my book, Money Loves Speed, I say there's the top 10 limiting beliefs about money. And believing you need money is a top belief. You don't need money. You need creativity. Think out of the box and you can create it. So, you know, we know that you uh, shared that you were homeless. So even someone who's in dire situation right now, the universe is ready to download ideas to them that they could implement that would take them from where they are to abundance. Absolutely correct. In fact, let me add something to that. Okay. I, I think what most people need to do more of is make themselves available to receive ideas. So many of us are tied to our phones, our computers, the Internet, laptops, TV, Netflix, whatever. The the distractors are overwhelming. And what we have to do is willfully make time for the silence. I'm talking about either a meditation or gratitude time or I often will get in a hot tub under the Texas sun and there's nothing going on and there's no phone. I can look at the stars and I'm quiet. And when I'm quiet, I basically have made myself receptive. 
And I think we all need to make time every single day to receive. The universe is trying to help us. The universe is trying to give us ideas. The universe is trying to give us wisdom. The universe is trying to give us direction. But most of us are so busy in our heads, not just in life, but in our heads, that we can't hear the silence. We need to make time for silence. So when an idea is downloaded to you, uh, Dr. Joe, do you, let's just say you, you in your, um, you out in your sauna, you know, in your tub and just chilling and then an idea comes to you. So immediately do you write it down and act mm-hmm. upon it? What would that look like for listeners? Yeah, that's a great question. I do immediately write it down. In fact, no kidding. I went looking for waterproof paper, (laughs) like I can have it by the hot tub. Uh So when an idea came, there was no excuses for not writing it down. When I've been driving, I've learned to use my iPhone. You know, there's a recording aspect or voice memo on it. I can raise it up to my lips. I can record whatever the idea is. I have paper beside me right now. I have paper beside the nightstand at night. I have paper just about everywhere I go, a little notepad, so that when an idea comes, I honor it. And I think that's the word to use. I honor it. By writing it down. If we don't write it down, we're not honoring it. And more often than not, we will forget it. We'll go hours later and we'll go, man, I had a great idea this morning, but oh, well, it's gone. No, you don't want to let those things go. Those are gifts from the universe. Not all ideas you can act on all at once, but you have to honor them. And by honoring them, you're not only respecting them, but you're telling the universe, give me more. I'm listening. And, it right. and so when the idea comes, do you just baby step that idea? You may not know the entire how to really accomplish the entire vision, but do you just take one step at a time? What would that look like for listeners? Well, you obviously read my book because I, I have a key chapter in my book, Money, Love, Speed, that's called The Big Mistake. Mm-hmm. And the big mistake is everybody wanting to know the plan. Yeah. They want to- They want to know the outline in advance. They say, okay, I got an idea, but tell me how to get to the end result of it. And they look for the map. They look for it already written out, and they just want to follow the map. And what I say is there is no map. There is no map. What you do is what you just said, the baby steps. So if an idea comes to me, you know, right after this call or even during this call, I will write it down, and then I'll look at what is the very first thing I can do. And even if it's to create some sort of business and I have to incorporate it and maybe I need employees and it's, it's kind of big, I don't look at the big part of it because that's too overwhelming. It's too much to try to do in one day and I can't do it in one day. So I back up and I go, what can I do right now? And it could be go get the website for it. So I'll go to GoDaddy.com and I'll reserve the domain name for it. And then after I do the first step, I'll say, okay, what's the next step? And this is how I tell people you can create virtually anything, one baby step at a time. You always know what the first baby step is. I'd say you just look at where your shoes are, and that's where you're sitting or standing. And then you say, what can I do? And then after you do it, the next step will be apparent. The next step isn't there until you do the first step. I quote Steve Jobs in the book, and he said, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can connect the dots looking backwards. 
which means you can't foretell how you're going to manifest your goal, your dream, or the idea that you've been given. But once you do it, you can stop and go, oh, here's how it happened. And you can tell the story. So backing up, it's the old Teddy Roosevelt quote, you know, do what you can with what you have right where you are. That's the secret. Yeah. I have an interesting question to ask you. Somebody, I was on a panel the other day and they were, they asked me, do I feel that um, black and brown people or African-Americans and maybe Latino, Hispanic uh, background have a more difficult time manifesting money. And I said, I thought that was a limiting belief. What's your take on that? I think it's a limiting, I, I love your answer. I think it's a limiting belief too. I think it's a statement of victimhood. Mm-hmm. I talk about stages of consciousness and I talk about stages of awakening in books like The Awakening Course. I think I talk about it a little bit in this new book. But most people are on the first stage of consciousness, which is victimhood. They look for reasons why things won't happen, and they look for people to blame. And everything is outside of them. They don't look within themselves. And I'm not blaming anybody that's still doing that, because I've been a victim, and virtually all of us are born into that as a first stage of consciousness. But we need to transcend it and move into the second stage, which is empowerment. Because empowerment, you realize that it doesn't matter what other people or what the environment are doing. What matters is what you personally are doing. And there are way too many stories of people who have transcended despite every odd you can imagine. And there are so many stories from people who have come to America, for example, and they didn't speak the English, they didn't speak our language, they didn't have uh, connections They might have been of different color. They might have been a a man or woman. And yet they created businesses, in some cases created empires. And they did it despite all the odds because they believed in themselves. They took action and they came from more of an empowerment frame of mind than a victimhood frame of mind. Well, you know, that was my take on it. I'm so glad uh, that you answered (laughs) that. You said it a little bit more eloquently than I did, (laughs) Dr. Joe. It's a tough question when they throw it to you on the spot. So you did well. So talk about uh, our reticular activating system and what is it and what role does that play uh, in us manifesting money? Yeah, that's an important thing almost nobody knows about. And I have a, a key chapter in my book, Money Loves Speed, that describes it. So the reticular activating system, which I sometimes just call the RAS, R-A-S, mm-hmm. is a part of our brain. And it's, it filters reality, meaning there's 14 million bits of information in every one second. And this is all kind of information you don't consciously pay attention to because you wouldn't be able to survive or function if you tried to. Your reticular activating system filters all that 14 million bits of information and only lets you be consciously aware of anything that's a threat to your survival. So your reticular activating system right now is geared and programmed to keep you alive. And we all should celebrate it because everybody listening is alive. Our reticular activating system is working. However, and this is what I talk about in the book, people don't know that they can program it for something more. And so what you want to learn to do is how to program your reticular activating system to attract into your life some of the things you've been wanting, including money. 
And so I, I describe in the book how to program your reticular activating system. And I'll quickly go through the three steps. Okay. I want to be of, most, of the most service to your listeners as I can be. So the very first step, well, the very first, before even the three steps, what do you want? You always have to ask the question and answer it. What do you want? And after you know what you want, here are the three steps to activate the reticular activating system. The very first is, is to have an image of what you want. Your mind responds to graphics. It responds to images. It's not necessarily looking for words. It wants to see a graphical representation of your intention. So if it's a new car, go find a picture or take a picture or draw a picture or get somebody to create a picture of the car of your dreams. Because the very first step is to feed your reticular activating system a image. The second step is the emotion. We attract into our lives what we love, what we hate, and what we fear. We focus on any of those and we're going to keep creating matches to it. Well, when it comes to programming your reticular activating system, you want to love your image. So you want the car, or you want the house, you want more money. You find a graphic that represents it, and then you look at it with the emotion of love. Mm -hmm. You cannot create without emotion, but most of us default to fear or to hate. We want to ch consciously choose love. And then the third thing is repetition. You want to look at the image with love every morning, every evening, and as many times throughout the day as you can. This is why people make what's called vision boards, and they will get a big poster board, and they'll put pictures of what they want, and they'll look at it every morning or every evening and many times throughout the day, and they look at it with that passion, with love. In this way, these three steps, you reprogram the reticular activating system. It's still going to be looking for survival for you, but now it has an assignment, and the additional assignment is to bring into your awareness anything or anybody that can help you achieve the very thing you said you wanted. So it almost works by magic, but it's actually scientific and you're programming your mind to attract money. That's one. So when you were homeless, you began to see yourself and see the place and see yourself doing, having the things that you desired. I don't think I did it when I was homeless because I don't think I knew about it. Okay. I was I was in victimhood there and I was reading the self-help books at the library but you know that was the 1970s. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have wonderful people like you doing what you're doing. And it was me reading books and trying to apply them. So I was very clumsy at doing it. I didn't fully understand it. I was ignorant about it. I would say it took 10 years. Mm me to learn about the law of attraction, reticular activating system, and how to use it. And again, people listening right now, it doesn't take 10 years. You can do this in like three minutes. Right. I, I just gave them the outline. And if they go to Amazon and get my book, Money Loves Speed, it's explained more there. So you don't have to wait a lifetime. You don't have to wait 10 years. This can be done during the time of this very show. So true. You know, at the beginning, you gave 35 instant money attractors. I and, do. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm like, why did he do that? And when I read it, I'm like, it, it made it opened up my mind as to what was possible. Why did you do that? 
for the exact reason you just gave. It opened up your mind for what's possible. I wrote this book for people that are struggling. I was mm-hmm. thinking of the Joe Vitale of the 1970s who were homeless, and I thought there's there's the equivalent of that on the streets right now. These people don't want to hear about spirituality. They don't want to hear about psychology or philosophy. They need food. They need yeah. a hamper. They need a car. They need a job. They need a house. So the very first chapter is eight things to do right now if you are desperate. And then the next chapter is 35 ways to start attracting money right now. And then I move into psychology, philosophy, and even the spiritual side of wealth. Only because I know when people are starving, they're in victimhood and they're not listening to me say anything else. But if I can get them out of that, like here's 35 ways to make money. You never thought of these ways before. Many of them were total surprises to me because I did research and I found I had no idea that it's it's pretty easy to make money. I mean, not millions of dollars doing these 35 things, but maybe so at the same time. But you can start attracting money. You can get out of desperation. And when people are out of desperation, then I can talk about spirituality. I can talk about spiritual wealth. I can take them into a, a mindset for success that they'll listen to and they'll believe. So there was a strategy on how I organized the book. But I'm glad you said it helped open your mind to what was possible. Right. And you're so right on because if man, if somebody is struggling about where am I going to get my next meal from, you're right. so right. They're not open to spirituality, to meditation. They want some how to. That was brilliant, Dr. Joe, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I was thinking when I was homeless, if somebody had flown back in time with a time machine and said, hey, you need to think about metaphysics and philosophy, I might have punched them in the face. Because I was starving. I didn't want to hear anything about empowerment or psychology of money. It's like, give me a hamburger. Feed me. Give me give me a car. Do something. So you have to get out of desperation before you can start hearing about salvation. So uh, I love that mantra. So talk about gratitude. I know you're big on that. And you talk about the glad game. So for someone who might be struggling financially, what role does gratitude play in bringing more money to them? Well, the first thing I want them to know is I really relate. If somebody's struggling, I feel for you. I, as you pointed out, was homeless. I was in poverty for 10 years, 10 Mm. years when I lived in Houston. That is a very long time to just wonder how you're going to pay for your meals or pay for your rent. So I know, I know all too well what it's like to struggle. The good news is it will not last. This is going to evolve. Life all by itself moves forward, is going to take you up higher and higher. But when you start to apply techniques that I talk about in the book, and you consciously add to the evolution in your life, you will more quickly get out of desperation. You'll more quickly get out of struggle. So one of the techniques I learned, and I learned it when I was in struggle, this is what's so important to hear, was gratitude. Everybody was talking about gratitude. I'd read it in books, I'd hear it at talks, I'd go listen to free talks at churches and seminars, and they'd talk about gratitude. And I would think, yeah, I'll be grateful when I got something to be grateful for. Mm And I was bitter and I was skeptical and I was angry. And I remember one night, and this story has become famous because I tell it in the book and I'm in several movies talking about it. It's become the pencil story. 
I was broke. I was desperate. I was in a dump that cost $200 a month to live in in Houston, and I almost never had the $200. It was constant struggle to pay for it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try this gratitude nonsense. And I picked up a pencil. And I was not grateful. It's important to understand. I was not grateful. I picked up a pencil and just said, all right, I'm grateful for the damn pencil. And then I started to make up reasons why I was grateful. And I thought, well, with this pencil, I can write a grocery list. I can write a poem. I can write a suicide note. And I can write the great American novel. I could write a song. I could write a manifesto. And then I started to get excited thinking, oh, wow, with this pencil, I can actually move the world. And then I looked at the other end of the pencil and I saw an eraser. And I went, oh, my God, this is genius. Whoever invented the pencil, it's, it's basically a stick with lead in it and a piece of rubber on the other end. And with the piece of rubber, you can correct whatever you wrote. You can change your song, your novel, erase the suicide note. And I actually started to feel grateful. And remember, I started skeptical and angry and flippant. And I did not feel gratitude. But within three minutes, I was feeling grateful. And I suddenly realized a part of me opened up. It's almost like my son came through my chest. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the darkness left and my mind opened up and the windows opened up and internally. And suddenly there was heaven. Suddenly there was spirit. Nothing on the outside had changed. I didn't suddenly have money, didn't suddenly move into a mansion, didn't suddenly have a car or anything. The only thing that changed was now I was genuinely grateful. But because I was genuinely grateful, the outside started to change. Mm. I started to see possibilities. I wrote some material that got published. I started to get paid for my work. And I realized gratitude is the single most powerful tool any of us can use. And we can use it anytime, anywhere, no cost whatsoever, whatsoever. And it doesn't matter if you feel gratitude or not when you begin it. Because you'll move into gratitude if you just play along with it for a little bit. And you mentioned the, the glad game. I absolutely love the book Pollyanna by Eleanor Porter. It's been made into several movies, and I encourage people to either see one of the Pollyanna movies or read the original book from 1913. And it's all about what she called the glad game. And the glad game, boy, I, I'm going to write a book about the glad game all by itself someday. Mm -hmm. I think it's so so powerful. Basically, in any moment, you look for the good, something to be glad about, in any situation or in any person. That's really the game. You look for the good. And admittedly, sometimes it'll take more than a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> some moments and some people will challenge you. But as the book points out, there is always, 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 always a reason to be happy, a reason to be glad. There is always something good in every situation and every person. You've got to pause long enough to look for it and see it. This is all the power of gratitude. And I talk about it quite a bit in the new book. I think it's that important. Yeah. The book is great, by the way. So let me ask you this. Do you believe that because you were implementing the ideas that the universe had loaded down to you and you had stepped into your creativity, that Rhonda Byrne was attracted 
to ask you to be in the secret because you were already being creative. And I'm asking that question for listeners who might be, they might have a business and maybe they're on YouTube. They got all kinds of things going, but it doesn't look like anything is being attracted to them. Yeah. I, what a great question. I told, first of all, I totally agree with you. And here's what I want everybody to know. Okay. What they're doing right now is being seen. It's being seen by people that you may never meet, people that may never thank you, people that may never comment on it in a way that you ever hear about. But it's being seen. So you're planting seeds. And at some point down the road, one of those seeds is going to be picked up and turned into a money tree. The thing is, you don't know which seed. So let's talk about the secret for a minute. When Rhonda Byrne called me, she had read a book of mine called The Attractor Factor. And she said, I really love your book, The Attractor Factor. It's all about the law of attraction. I want to make a movie about the law of attraction, and I'd like you to be in it. All right, let's stop right there. I wrote The Attractor Factor because several years before, I had written a book called Spiritual Marketing. I remember that book. Mm-hmm. Yes, Spiritual Marketing was an early book from the early 1990, or late 1990s, I believe. And Spiritual Marketing was a little book I wrote from my sister. And only my sister. It was a gift to her because she was struggling. And I thought, oh, she needs to know the five steps to creating what you want. So I wrote a little booklet. I called it Spiritual Marketing, and I gave it to my sister. And it helped her. She got off welfare. She started to do a little better because of the book. So every now and then I'd give that little booklet to other people. Whenever I sensed they wanted it, I was simply following intuition. And then one day I gave it to Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor is also in the movie The Secret. He is a self-help legend. I gave it to him as a gift because he had invited me to go to one of his events. At the event, he stood up and said, hey, there's a new book and everybody's got to want it. It's called Spiritual Marketing by Joe Vitale. And I was stunned because the book wasn't for the public. It was only for my sister and friends. Well, 250 people rushed me, all wanting the book. One of them was a publisher who said he would publish it, and the book was published as Spiritual Marketing. Then a a big publisher in New York saw Spiritual Marketing and said, I want to republish your book, but I want to retitle it. We retitled it The Attractor Factor. The Attractor Factor, of course, does well. Rhonda sees it and then calls me, and the rest, of course, is history. But if you look at this whole frame, when I did Spiritual Marketing, I did not know it would put me in a movie. So true. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people, you never know who's That's listening it. and who's watching you online. That's it. That's it. Let me tell you one other story. Okay. Way back. And I when I was broke and unknown, broke and unknown in Houston, Texas, barely surviving, baby just getting out of poverty. I was obsessed with writing a book that ended up being called The Seven Lost Secrets of Success. Now, when I was researching that book, I didn't know it would be a book. I didn't know it would ever be published. I didn't know what would come of it. All I knew was my gut said, do this book. So I wrote it. There's no evidence around me it would ever be published. Nobody is urging me. Nobody's applauding me. Nobody is paying me. But I'm doing it anyway. And as a result, a friend who's now a friend, he was just a guy who wanted to be a publisher back then, He published that book, The Seven Lost Secrets of Success. One company saw it, 
and somebody in that company worked for a network marketing company, and he called me and he ordered, brace yourself, 20,000 copies of the book. He ordered 20,000 copies of the book so everybody in the multi-level marketing company would have one. Now, now again, think back. I did not even know I'd publish a book. I did not know who would publish the book. I did not know it would do anything. I did not know that somebody in network marketing would buy 20,000 copies of it. When we do everything that we do, we don't know who's watching. We don't know what seeds are planted. We don't know what's going to be the fruit down the road. We have to do it because it's ours to do. I love that. And, and that's I know that really inspired and and gave faith and hope to a lot of people out there, uh, Joe, who are, you know, maybe they've been working on an idea or a business. And that, that's great info. you got to hang in there and believe in yourself, even when there's no evidence. You know, I worked for Exxon in Houston way back in the 1980s or somewhere in there. And when people went to lunch, I stayed inside and I, I wrote a book. I was writing books. Nobody encouraged me. And I actually remember there were a couple managers at Exxon who made fun of me. I remember one woman walking by and she said, he thinks he's going to be an author someday. Wow. I did it anyway. That woman is totally forgotten. Me, I got a little bit of a name now. <laughs> you know, so true. And so listeners, they don't have to know how, just whatever uh, they feel called to do every day. Like you said, take those baby steps and just those action steps on a daily basis. And that's what you have to do. And every day, you, you never know when the phone's going to ring or you got to get the email or let me tell you another story. Okay. Uh, I wanted to be published by Nightingale Conant for 10 years. Nightingale Conant is the the most famous self-help audio publisher in history. They've been around since the 1960s. Earl Nightingale started them. They published Wayne Dyer and Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins, a long, 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 long list of names. And I used to listen to their audios and I thought, oh, I so want to be one of their authors. And I would... Whenever I came out with a book, I'd send the book to them. I'd send a note to them. And they rejected me every single time. And it never made sense. It's like, come on, I'm a perfect match for you. Mm-hmm. But no. So I had to what? Keep doing my work. Keep writing books. Get up every day. Do what I'm called to do. And let everything just naturally unfold. So along the way, I started getting emails from some unknown person in Chicago And he said uh, he was a fan of my books. He saw that I was writing books on marketing. He wanted to know more. And so we just kind of had a friendly little exchange. And he was very flattering. He asked lots of questions. And I took my time. I answered them. Keep in mind, I didn't know who he was. I was not getting paid. All I knew was my intuition said, just kind of answer the guy's questions. Just be of service to him. After a few email exchanges, he wrote me and he says, I'm very, very grateful. You've been so helpful to me. He says, by the way, if you ever want any of your material considered by Nightingale Conant, I am their senior marketing manager. Wow. Did you fall on the floor or scream or run around the house or what? I probably (laughs) did all of those things. And he became one of my dearest friends. And he battled for me to be in Nightingale Conant. And obviously, I, I did go in Nightingale. In fact, I proudly say I have the number one best-selling Nightingale Conant program in their history now. It's the one called The Missing Secret. I, I've read that. 
<laughs> this, but, but look at the big picture. This is what I want everybody listening. God, yeah. I know when people are struggling, but they got to maintain the faith and they got to maintain the momentum. You never know what call, what email, what letter, what moment, what turn around the corner is going to be one of the dramatic ones. And there won't be just one. There'll be many throughout your life. Cats have nine lives. You have more than that in terms of the good luck coming. But you have to maintain the faith and the momentum. I always say God is behind the scene, rearranging things for your highest good. I love it. And I totally agree. I love it and totally agree. I wrote a song called The Great Something. It's on my last singer-songwriter album, which is called The Great Something. And I, I say the great something is God. I just use the great something as a phrase because some people, you know, they don't use God. Some use the yeah. divine, some use source, some use universe. But in the song, I point out that the great something is by your side all the time. You just don't always know it or recognize it or acknowledge it. But the great something's always there. I have a friend and he says, all you need is for one person to like you <laughs> and want to help you and your life can radically change. And I would add to that, you know who the one person needs to be? Yourself. Yourself. Oh, I, I got to tell him that uh, a dinner that you <laughs> put on there. So, Joe, let's talk about the the new movie that you're in, how mm. thoughts become things. Uh, talk a little bit about that and how does thoughts become things? Well, this is a fantastic movie. I've been in about 20 movies since The Secret came out, wow. and they're all worth seeing. They're, you know, They have general messages that are different. But how thoughts become things is really important because we all need to know what's going on when we are thinking. We are thinking some scientific research says 50,000 thoughts a day. That also says most of the thoughts are the same thoughts. It also says most of the thoughts are negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we need to stop and be aware that our thoughts are manifesting unconsciously in our lives. If we're thinking 50,000 thoughts are the same thoughts and they're negative thoughts, and then we look around and wonder why our lives aren't perfect, we might be able to equate two plus two and realize, well, maybe it's my thoughts. Thoughts influence our behavior, our behavior influences our actions, our actions are influencing what we are starting to see as results in the world. So if we back up from the results to the actions, to the behaviors, to the thoughts, we realize that all those results are a direct domino effect from our thoughts. So we have to look a lot inside ourselves and go, what am I thinking? Because that's leading to what I'm doing. Yeah. And what I'm doing is leading to my results. I'm in the movie saying, as I remember, one quote is, life is an optical illusion. Life is an optical illusion. And what I mean is, if you believe life is negative and sad and pessimistic and melancholy and it's all against you, you will look out into the world and you will find a match to your beliefs. You can do searches on the Internet. You can Google it and you'll find books that will agree with you. You'll find scientists that will agree with you. And you will reinforce your mindset, your thoughts, that life sucks. However, if you think life is wonderful, you will look out into the world and you'll find evidence of it. You'll find happy people. You'll find happy stories. You'll go online or you'll go to Amazon. You'll find books that prove that a 
our world is getting better and better and better, and you'll find all the evidence to support your beliefs. Well, which is true? Is it a negative world or is it a positive world? And the bottom line is it's both. It's an optical illusion. You get a match to what you're thinking. Mm. You don't like what you're seeing. You have to change your thinking. This is why the movie is so relevant. We need to become aware of what's going on between our ears. Because if we don't like our reality, where we change it is between our ears. Wow, that's so good. That is so good. Wow. And you're a great storyteller. Of course, you know that. So so how can listeners get your new book, uh, Money Love Speed? Give us your website. Do you have any special programs, gifts, etc. for listeners? Well, thank you. I well, The book is on Amazon, Money Love Speed. Just go to Amazon. There's the paperback version and there's the Kindle version. There will be an audio version pretty soon. It's not there yet, but I just recorded it, so it'll be coming. Money Love Speed. It's on Amazon, so go get it there. I do have a website that has lots of free material as well as a few courses and things that people can buy if they're interested. And so I would tell them, go to vitalilifemastery.com. Vitali is my last name, so go to www.vit. A-L-E, lifemastery.com, and you'll find video courses, audio courses, books, and there's quite a few freebies, like my book, Attract Money Now, that's free. I'm taking away everybody's excuses. If they want to attract money and they don't have a couple bucks, well, go to attractmoney.com or go to vitalilifemastery.com and look for Attract Money Now. You can read it right online, no charge whatsoever. And, uh, well, that would be a start right there, Constance. Well, so what would be your last parting words for listeners all over the world? The, uh, the idea of following your passion mm-hmm. has really been the ticket to success for myself and a lot of other people. I believe inside of us there's an inner compass. And when we tune into that inner compass, life works pretty smoothly for us. And the inner compass is basically following your passion. Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. For the longest time, I said, follow your enthusiasms or follow your curiosity. It just seems to me following your passion. What are you excited about? What do you want to get up in the morning to do? I am an author. I mean, I do lots of things, singer, songwriter. I travel, I speak, mentor, coach, and everything else. But I always think that I'm an author, and I think that's what I'm most passionate about, and that's what I'm here to do. So I I invite people to look in the mirror and really be honest and say, what excites me? What is my passion? What is my bliss? And follow it. The more you follow it, you'll have a much more satisfying life, much more exciting life, and most likely a much more profitable life. So follow passion. Thank you, everybody. I want you to listen to this over and over again and make sure you go to uh, Dr. Vitale's uh, website and take advantage of of all of those goodies that he has for you. Uh, Remember to visit my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com. And as I say every week, uh, you're surrounded by the love of the spirit. And I want you to think and say that something good is going to happen to me and through me this week. So make it a great week, everybody. 
Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.